City Church, how we doing? Oh, living room style today, baby. I, most of the time I like it when, uh, when, when Pete does the, the Peter Townsend jump off the stage. We got a mosh pit up here and everybody's rocking out and stuff, but sometimes it's cool to chill. <laughs> it's cool to just, yeah, man, no doubt, no doubt. This is nice, man. Nice work. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Kyle, thank you for leading worship this morning, my man. Nice work, baby. Thank you very much, dude. All right, awesome, awesome. What a team we've got here. Yeah, that's cool, man, because you know I'm a walker and a tripper. Um, so, yeah, here we good. All right, cool, cool. That looks expensive, so I don't want to touch that. Y'all, y'all don't know what happened to my phone yesterday, man. I was sitting there over at Blazers about to get a burger, and just all of a sudden my phone just gravity sucked it down, you know. And it's got, a, it's got, kind, of a cool, uh, got kind of a cool case on it, so most of the time it just bounces and does that kind of thing, but, man, it went. Pop around the pavement, man. It's like shattered, right? Oh man, so uh, it's just one of those deals. So I am, uh, I am, I am notorious for breaking things inadvertently, and things seem to just shatter in front of me. I don't know what it is. So, so. well, guys, good morning. Everybody doing well this morning? And well, good, good, great worship. This great worship time this morning. Got a couple of quick announcements. We didn't have a quick uh, announcement video this morning, so I did want to uh, share with you a few things that are coming up. Um, we uh, have a fair, uh, several visions that God has given us for the, the year 2020, and we want to start working into those things now. And so the four visions or the four outcomes sometimes you'll hear people talk about or hear people say is that uh, we want to be a church that uh, knows your name and knows that you are known. So if you would uh, please grab your um, sign-in sheet, pass that down. We, uh, we definitely want to get to know your names. Uh, some of you, hey, how come I do this every week? Well, we do uh, lots of things with this, um, those kinds of things. We want to see if folks um, are here and we can reach out to folks that may have not made it here in a little while. Um, we want to get to know people and that let, let people need to know that they are cared for. I'm going to throw this over here because that's in my, I'm about to, uh, it's on my, it's on my uh, thing here. So, so we want to do that. We want to make sure people know, uh, are, are known and know that they are known. We are a church that makes disciples who make disciples who make disciples. So we are uh, folks that really, truly do want to get to get to help people understand what it means to step into obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, not just the way uh, our culture says we're supposed to, but the way the scriptures say we're supposed to. And we're going to challenge ourselves in a particular area today about how to how to look at the scriptures. We also want to be a an extremely generous church. And right now we have our our series called Life, Money, Hope. That this is our annual generosity series that we talk about during this time when everybody is trying to vie for the attention and the, the, the our monetary whatever. You get all kinds of advertisements and everything. And people a lot of times will panic around this time start going, oh, no, no, here we go, here we go. Got to get geared up and then and spend the next six months into the new year paying off what we did. And so we want to kind of help people through this season, if you will, and look scripturally what what the what, what God says about his word and his, uh, or about his script, his money, because it all belongs to him, in his word and all those kinds of things. I'm going to move a couple more uh, chords here real quick because I am one, like I said, I'm a tripper and I'm also a walker and a clutch. So if anybody, can, what's that? Have it on Facebook? Yeah, it will be recorded. So I got to be extra special careful. So, but that's good. And so also we want to uh, be a church that is uh, that the community is better off and the community knows that it's that we're that it's better off because we are here. 
Um, man, I tell you what, I, I love the fact that we get to do lots of different things in our community. We've got several things that are coming up. First thing we've got uh, that we've done and several things that are coming up, we went to Baldwin City and did served over at the Maple Leaf Festival because we're engaged in our, our community here in Edgerton as well as the surrounding community around us. Um, just this past week, we had hundreds of people come into our building for the Trunk or Treat Festival. You guys, man, that was crazy. Anybody, who, who all came to that? Dude, that was out of sight. Like, it was bonkers. I had cars coming in. These poor parking lot guys were dodging people all the time, you know, diving into the bushes and everything like that. We had, uh, but, but had estimates as low as 300 and as high as 500 people that came to us. And we got all kinds of really cool uh, things said about us. And it was just a great event. It was a wonderful event. I really want to uh, lift up uh, Bill and Renee Foster for coordinating that event, man. It was it was just cool as heck, man. It's just really good to be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that. It's exactly right. We had a lot of volunteers, a lot of people helping. And, and man, we had trunks, like as far as you could see. Speaking of trunks, I've got the annual coveted Trunk or Treat Award. Now, we didn't really do like an extreme vote. I kind of did it by just talking to people. Hey, what was, your, what was your favorite trunk? Who was you thinking? And over and over and over, I would hear things like there was one trunk that, uh, that was the, uh, the Littles that had the uh, Harry Potter trunk, which was cool. We had somebody that had uh, a Christmas trunk. We had somebody that had uh, a rave trunk, a dance. I was like, well, what the heck is going on? This, this place is, we had dinosaurs and inflatable. I mean, it looked like a festival going on. But over and over and over, I kept hearing Elsa. Elsa. So, Michaela C. Walson will be in our third service uh, uh, today. Uh, she can't be late, though, right? Is that right? Is that what I'm hearing? So, so if you're watching right now, Michaela, on Facebook, <laughs> you got to be here, sister. This is you. But I don't want to blow it for you either. So, But, yeah, so tell her that the time change happens next week. Is that cool? All right, good. Good deal. Good deal. Everybody's rested up, ready to go. It's so cool. But we do those kinds of things. You know, November 19th, we've got the um, uh, blessing baskets that are coming up. Man, I'm really excited about that, too. We're going to double the number of blessing baskets that we're going to do this year. We're going to reach 21 families in Edgerton and 21 families in Baldwin City. Man, I'm telling you, we've got a lot of Baldwinians that come to our church, and they have requested that. Some of them have said, I'd like to do those kinds of, like, that help out in Baldwin City. So it's so cool what God is doing. And the way we're going to do that, by the way, if you, we have a, some information that's in the back. If you want to grab it when you, come, when you go out, we've got um, uh, these uh, blessing baskets. The way we're going to do them is that on November 19th, we're going to uh, all leave after the third service. We're going to go to Price Chopper. Price Chopper is, is pre-packaging the blessing baskets for us this year. I think it's going to be between 35 and 40 bucks. It's gonna, that's all it's going to cost. New City Church will buy all the turkeys. All you got to do is go pick that up. We'll have the turkeys here at 2 o'clock. We will pray, and we will go and deliver our Thanksgiving dinners to the families that have been nominated in our communities. Man, it's going to be an awesome day. It's going to be a wonderful day, and we do that every year. But we're just stepping it up and doubling the number this year. we got a lot more people coming to our church this year than we did last year, and we figured it would be a great time to, to do that. Also, guys, we have uh, some exciting stuff, and if you don't recall, uh, if you weren't here with us in the summertime, we kicked off a, a, an initiative, for two, a two-year initiative, in, if you will, called uh, Will It Be Us? 
and we're realizing that things are happening in our community that are going to bring people most likely to our community and there are already people in our community that need Jesus and so the question is will it be us that reaches those who are here and those who are coming and yesterday if you don't know we had a, a groundbreaking for the very first real um, retail project in 40 years in our city yesterday for the Dollar General man Will it be us, right? And will it be us that reaches the people, man, that, that work at the Dollar General, that come to the Dollar General? I mean, how does it work? So these are things we want to be thinking about and, and talking about through those things. Um, and, yeah, and it was just a cool event yesterday. And I just, just to see that kind of thing happening, check out our Facebook page. We've got that posted on uh, what's going on. But it is supposed to start in two weeks. The construction is. Weather permitting, it's supposed to be done in March. Wow, <laughs> right? And it's supposed to be one of the big new designs and all that kind of stuff. Also, finally, I wanted to read something that uh, Carolyn Hammond uh, just, just showed me. And this is a great segue into our message about money and giving and the, our mentality about giving and that kind of thing. November 18th and 19th, 2017, thank you for the clarification. Charlie Troutner and I, Carolyn Hammond, will be on national TV uh, with uh, on the Sundance Network from 8 o'clock p.m. to 10 o'clock p.m. both nights. It's called Cold-Blooded, The Clutter Family Murders, o uh, over, sorry, documenting about the Clutter Murders, which was, uh, which was uh, made a movie called In Cold Blood. Uh, Truman Capote made that. We are planning a viewing party at City Hall in downtown Edgerton. Everybody is welcome. And she put a note here. They were murdered November 15, 1959 in Holcomb, Kansas, over money right interesting stuff interesting segue see we're launching our next campus as well in the next uh, few few weeks we just got a uh, word and, and and finalized some things this uh, last couple of weeks that we have a new campus starting in Merriam so much like what happened to us from Shawnee giving a whole lot of time and people and money to us Guys, I'm calling us to do the very same thing for Merriam. In fact, there are a few people that are even talking about going to Merriam as a missionary for six months to a year to help that new campus get started. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because when you realize what's been done for us, that all this stuff that has happened to us in here as a result of the generosity and the giving and the time and the service of other people, man, all of a sudden you're like, wow, man, I got I to gotta pay that forward, amen? Love it, love it. How many people, guys, and today I want to just like talk about this whole idea of, of, of money and tithing and our, our, our mentality of it has got to be biblical about it. Now, you know that, that I talk about money absolutely all the time, right? No, I don't. I, I don't. I've given maybe just seven or seven messages totally in the last three years, so I don't talk about it a whole heck of a lot. But whenever we do, everybody goes, how come you always talk about money? which tells me something about the mentality and the approach of people a lot of times whenever you mention anything about money and giving and, and tithing. See, this idea of life, money, hope is an interesting one. I think you're going to love this series and, and what it tells us over the next uh, month or so. Um, how many people, if you're going to be honest, would say, I would like more money? No lying in church. All right. Okay, how many people said you would like less money? Nobody, okay. Oh, I thought I had a rain rate. No, we're fixing it. Okay, cool, cool. All 
I'm like, wow. So, so very few of us would ever say, uh, I want less money, right? Most people would say, I want more money. But here's the thing about, about money and finances. I, like, if I was given a million bucks, I think I'd be a pretty good rich guy, right? I mean, I don't think it'd be all right if I, if I was to do that. But, but the interesting thing about rich people is that rich people live, and you start filling out your bulletins, in denial. I'm not talking about the river in Egypt. I'm talking about we live in denial. Like, a lot of us, let me, another show of hands, how many of you in here consider yourself wealthy? Okay, we got one hand. Cool. How many, how many people consider yourself wealthy? Okay. Three or four? Cool. Awesome. Awesome. How many of you consider yourself uh, not wealthy? That's either or, right? <laughs> now, now, we got, I don't know, 50 folks in here. We had five hands said they think they're wealthy, and other people said they're only a couple of hands see they're not wealthy. So you either are or you're not. Okay, let me tell this up. So how many people consider themselves wealthy? How many consider themselves not wealthy? Okay, All right, here's the thing. Most of us say we're not wealthy. But let me, let me help you understand that, that all of us in here are absolutely wealthy. Tall people like to admit they're, they're tall. Short people admit they're short. Introverts tell you they're an introvert. Extroverts tell you they're a, an extrovert. I mean, those who are of Caucasian descent or African descent or Hispanic descent all say, nope, yep, that's me, that's me, that's me. But rich people very rarely will say that they are, are rich. And uh, Gallup did a survey recently that, that showed that there were 35, that, that there was... They asked people whether or not they thought they were rich, and almost everybody said no, and they said, well, what do you think rich is? And those who made around $35,000 said, if I could make $75,000 in a year, they'd say, yeah, that would make me rich. But then they went to the $75,000 people, and they said, hey, do you think you're rich? They're like, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, not me. They, and they, they said, well, what do you think it would take to be rich? Well, if I made $150,000, uh, I, I, then that would make me rich. And then he went to the $150,000 people and they said, do you think you're rich? And they're like, no, no, more would take it. And they kept going and kept going. Money Magazine even did a, a survey one time of, of, the, of, of their people and they said, how, many, how much in liquid assets would you have to have in order to be, consider yourself rich? And they said $5 million in liquid assets. And I guarantee you, if you went to those who had $5 million in liquid assets, a lot of them would say, no, I'm really not that rich. Because those who have a million dollars said, oh, I'm just a millionaire, right? Not, not, I, like it would take more and more and more and more. Uh, if you ever looked at this, uh, this uh, it's called Global Wealth, I'm sorry, GlobalRichList.com. GlobalRichList.com. If you've ever been on that website, look it up right now, man. Like, you can check it out. I plugged in $32,000 in total household income on GlobalRichList.com. By the way, the median income in our town, in Edgerton, is about $54,000. If you plug in $32,500 into GlobalRichList.com, what it will tell you is what your standing is as far as wealth is in the world. Now, there are 7.6 million people in, in the world, right? 7.6 billion people in the world right now. And if you, if you make $32,000 per year, 
you're in the top 0.99% of the world. Meaning you're in the 1% of the world. Do we understand that? What does that tell you? We're rich. We make more money in our little town right here. In fact, our median income is about almost double that. But we, if we just make $32,500, some people in here make more, some people make less, and we burn more money than 7,540,617,282 people. We are, say it, rich. Rich people live in denial. Most of us do not call ourselves rich, even though we are. And so the scriptures, when we start looking at the scriptures and they're talking about the troubles of wealth and the trappings of wealth and we got to warn the rich people, many of us look at that and go, that's not me, but it is. Amen? We are in the most, one of the most affluent counties in the most affluent country in the history of the world and we're in the 1% according to the rest of the world and it blows my mind when I look at those kinds of things. Guys, we are, we're rich. And it's not necessarily a sin to be rich, but when we look at the scriptures and say, well, that's not really me and it is, it sets us up for, for a little bit of failure, doesn't it? When we start thinking about the scriptures and what it does. See, rich people are plagued by dis contentment and i want to share with you some of the things that if you ever get rich for example people want to get more stuff bigger stuff badder stuff faster stuff right and when you're when you got got money for example when a person um, the more a person has the more a person wants i'm going to give you one word and this is how i know this is absolutely without a doubt true especially in our country i'm going to call it the word upgrade upgrade here's what rich people do and i know you think this is crazy but this is what rich people do they will take a perfectly good car that is going to last for a long time they will drive it into a dealership give that person the car give that person a lot of money and drive out with a car that does essentially the same thing oh no not not me right we yeah me uh this iphone stuff I broke my iPhone. I know I told you already. I'm heartbroken. It's my iPhone 6. Man, the 7 came out. Man, it's like, like it's totally obsolete. Then the 8 comes out two months ago, right? $1,300 for an iPhone 8. And everybody's scrambling to go get it. They don't have enough. Two months later, the iPhone 10 comes out. What happened to the 9? I don't... Is anybody else asking that question? The iPhone 10, man. It's like all of a sudden, the prices for the iPhone 8s go way down like a, like a, like an iphone 8 that's stupid now right we got the iphone 10 that's coming out man it's awesome it's great it makes phone calls <laughs> the phone that i had before and the phone that i'll probably upgrade at some point makes phone calls it makes texts oh oh but it makes funny emoji faces that i can't send right now on my new one i gotta have that one right only rich people talk about things like that. Here's something I do that I think is probably stupid that I never thought it was stupid before because I do it all the time. I water my grass. 
Rich people water their grass, right? You know why I water my grass? So that it will grow, and then I can mow it down, and then I water it some more so it will grow so I can go mow it down. Rich people do that. That's amazing. And I've sometimes, even now Judy does this worse than I do, but there are lots of times I'll even walk into my closet. Now, we have a closet for me and a closet for her. Now, hers is like three times the size of mine. It's beautiful, man. It's like an extra bedroom, right? And I had, Judy has literally walked in there, and I walked into mine, and Judy has gone in there and said, I have nothing to Y'all, rich people, man, listen to y'all, right? That's amazing. I have nothing to, dude, I got grass-cutting shoes in my garage. I've got running shoes for my exercise. I've got preaching shoes that I would never wear mowing my grass that I had just watered and spent a whole bunch of money on. You see how rich we are, guys, if we don't think about this we've got to be thinking that this is me i've got to understand this you guys are all laughing and it's only funny because it's true amen we got flat screens we got air conditioning we got heat we've got cars we've got all kinds of things and we make more than anyone in history and i know that some of these things sound absurd man but we've got to be admitting i am rich and, in, and rich in abundance. And even the poorest among us are rich in comparison to the history and the rest of the world. 1 Timothy 6, starting in verse 3, says, says this. This is almost the entire chapter. Listen to this. This is Paul writing to a young pastor, and he's saying, tell your people these things. He said, if anyone teaches a other doctrine and does not agree with the sound teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that promotes godliness, he is conceited and understanding nothing but has a sick interest in disputes and arguments over words. For these come, for, from these come envy, quarreling, slander, evil suspicions, and constant disagreement among people whose minds are depraved and deprived of the truth, who imagine that godliness, listen to this, is a way to material Gain, oh, if I just get into the godliness thing and I start doing the church thing, this then it's going to make things right for me. So if I start giving and tithing and those kinds of things, I'm going to get rich, right? The great rapper said it, said it greatest. It says some people call Jesus their, their holy ATM these days in the church. Most cats got it twisted. Don't let them fool you on how we're supposed to live this. For instance, some say to come to Christ for riches or maybe your blessing. But my question is, what is this? Because this ain't the gospel that if you put your faith in him, you come to the Savior and you rake that paper in, face it, friends, they just made Jesus the holy ATM. Wow. But godliness, godliness, verse 6, with contentment is a great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out. The modern day version of that scripture is that you never see a U-Haul following a hearse, Right? But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction. Before today, some of us read this scripture sometimes and said, well, at least that ain't me, but it, but it is. 
For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. But you, man of God, run, don't walk, right? Run from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. For the fight the good fight for the faith. Take hold of eternal life that you were called to and, ha- and have made a good confession in the presence of Confession about in the presence of many witnesses, in the presence of God who gives life to all, and of Christ Jesus who gave a good confession before Pontius Pilate, I charge you to keep the command without fault or failure until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. God will bring this about in his own time. He is the blessed and only sovereign King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who has immortality dwelling in an unapproachable light. No one has seen him or can see him and To him be honor and eternal might. Amen. Instruct those who are rich in the present age. That's us. We got to admit and got to be honest. Instruct those who are rich in this present age. No longer can we look at that and say, that ain't me. That is me. I water my grass. Instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be arrogant or to set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth, but on God, who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good reserve for the age to come, so that they may take hold of of life that is real. Use our money to do good. Be rich in good works. Be generous to those in need. Always be ready to share with others. How powerful is this when we step into the realization of who we are and recognize who we are and and look at what God says and how we can overcome the trappings of the wealth. Because I don't hear a whole bunch of people come and go, man, I'm rich. I'm in the 1%. Woo! Most of us, if we're struggling with this, are like, man, I've just discovered that I'm rich. Why does it hurt so bad, right? You know, so, like, how, how come I got so much month at the end of my paycheck, right? Man, how is that possible? In the United States, more Americans make, the more Americans make, the less they give away statistically. Now, monetarily, a lot of times it may increase, but percentage-wise, the poor give a lot more money than the rich do. This is because of our mindset. This is because of our approach. This is because of our, of our culture a lot of times. See, our hope must be in the provider of all of our things, not in the provision. So I'm going to tell a couple of different mindsets, and we're going to finish this off here. There's a couple of mindsets that I want to bring up here. The first mindset is, is a bag mindset. Do you have a bag mindset? You would ask yourself, what's a, what's a bag mindset? Haggai 1, uh, starting in verse 3, said this. He's an Old Testament prophet. And he's talking about, re- they're talking about rebuilding the temple here. And they're talking about doing these things. And the word of the God, the word of the Lord came through Haggai, the prophet. It is, is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while, the house, while this house lies in ruins? Now the Lord of hosts says, think carefully about your ways. And I think this is important for us right now. Think carefully about our ways. He says, you have planted much, 
but harvest is little. little. You eat, but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink, but never have enough to become drunk. You put on clothes, but you never have enough to get warm. And some of us can't find anything to wear, right? The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. You ever feel like your money just has, like, where does it go? Like, shoot, dang, I, Pastor Don Noah, he said, if you guys don't know Don, Don's awesome. He's taking care of our, um, our assimilation process, which helps people get connected into the church and grow. And he's uh, been charged with a great responsibility in our church, man. I love, can't wait for everybody to get to know him a little bit more and a little bit more. But he gave, told me this, this story one time of, of him. He says, you know, I give $210 a month to my church. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that for a couple of months. I need to save some money. I need to put some money aside, those kinds of things. And those are not bad things to do to savings. Don't hear me say that, oh, no, no, you don't need to save any money or anything like that. But for him, he was called to tithe. And he wasn't making a whole heck of a lot of money, but he was called to tithe nonetheless. And he didn't for a couple of months. The first month, bam, his TV went out, $210. Second month, boom, bang, something happened with his water heater. It's almost like exactly the amount he was going to be tithing, he wound up paying it anyway. Guys, that's a hole in your pocket, a bag mentality. How much money would you need to accumulate that you could be fearless? You could be completely secure and never worry about money again. I guarantee you the answer is more. More than what I got now for most of us. I just had a little bit more. John Rockefeller. I don't know if I said this in the pre-service or said it in this service, so I'm going to say it again. John Rockefeller in the early 1900s became the, America's first billionaire. He is still considered the wealthiest man in modern history. I think Gates and uh, Buffett and those guys have surpassed him now, but he was the first, world's first billionaire. I'd be okay with being a billionaire. I wouldn't, wouldn't balk at it, right? But a journalist asked John Rockefeller, how much money do you need? How much is enough? And Rockefeller, the very first billionaire, said more. Just a little bit more. It's never enough. The fame and the riches and those kinds of things are just, can be, if we're not careful, traps for us. Talking about the four soils and the proverb of the different soils and that kind of thing where, where someone hears the, the good news and the gospel, but the thorns of this world, the cares of this world, and the pursuit of riches carry them away from the gospel. But the other mindset is a barn mindset. And a barn mindset is out of Proverbs 3, starting in verse 9. It says, honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first fruit and from the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled completely, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Do you want a bag with holes, guys? Or a barn filled? Now here's what I don't want to do. We're gonna have a 90-day tithe challenge starting today. We've got some cards for you if you want to take that challenge. And what we're going to do is we're gonna ask people to tithe for 90 days. 10%. That's a tithe. That's, that's kind of like the minimum of what Jesus really talked about. He told the Pharisees, yeah, you should tithe, but don't forget the more important matters of 
the law. So we're going to ask people to take that challenge for 90 days. And here's the thing. If you do not feel God's blessing on your life, we'll give you every bit of that money back. You tell us after 90 days, man, nothing happened. I didn't feel God's mercy. I didn't feel his presence. I didn't feel no blessings of any kind. It didn't happen. No problem. We'll cut you a check. How great. Who does that, right? Money back guarantee of a tithe challenge is what the cards look like. We've got some in the back for you. Pick it up. Pray about it. And see. Because it's going to be something. Christmas is coming, right? As a landlord for 17 years, I can't tell you how many people said, I'm sorry I can't pay rent today. i got to buy my two-year-old Christmas presents. Two-year-old don't know jack about what Christmas presents are, right? Amazing. But it's always going to be a birthday or a wedding or a dishwasher or a hot water heater. Something's going to go out that's going to snag the money away. And until our minds are right with Christ, guys, we're always going to be living like that. Now, do we do this so that we can get rich, so that we don't have any? No, here's the deal. Sometimes it gets harder. Some of the people that are going through the hardest things tithe the most. It's amazing. But I want us to be taking this journey, seeing that we are rich and that he is talking about us. Amen? And he's talking about those things. Father, we love you. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do over this generosity time that we have a, God, we have so many things to be thankful for. A new campus. We've got a new people that are going to be coming in our community. Lord, we have a lot of people in our community now. You've shown us great favor, and we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you in advance, and we're going to go ahead and pray for this offering that we're going to do. And as the ushers come forward, Father, may we realize that we are rich. But we're rich not because of anything that, I mean, we work hard, Lord. But you've put us in a place that we can. That's amazing. And this generosity, Lord, that we will show in our tithes and our offerings, may you put it to your use in the way that you say we're supposed to do it. Any fleshly ways or any personal thoughts of, of, of uh, spending this money in a way that is not honoring to you, put it out of our mind. It's in your son's precious name that we pray. Everybody in the house said, amen.